Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one. So, anyways, with that time, George. Welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs, and this is the last pre-game or like preview edition of the podcast before the bye week. Nick, are you excited? You made me nervous for a minute. I was like, is there something I don't know? Are those checks not going to clear anymore? <laughs> is this their way of gently telling me that it's over? <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, I'm Last time I got a blue folder, let me know it's over. This time it's a podcast. <laughs> I'm going to ambush you. <laughs> um, no, I mean, look, um, big week for the Chiefs. Obviously, Dallas Cowboys coming to town. Preston Road trophy on the line. Um, although I don't know if Jerry Jones or the Hunt family still live on Preston Road. Um, I wonder if the Cowboys or Chiefs are as rattled as I am after you trying to make me think. I doubt it. I mean, I, it's probably just a regular preparation week for them. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not a playoff game. It's just a, a regular season game. And at the end of the day, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I don't think this game has a huge impact um, for either team. I think ultimately the Cowboys are going to win the NFC East. Um, this could affect their, their playoff seating. Obviously I think ultimately the chiefs are going to win the AFC West. Um, and, and so again, it, it could impact playoff seating down the road. Like, you know, whether the teams, I mean, the Cowboys are in the mix for the one seed, you know, the chiefs, need a lot of help, but theoretically are still in that mix as well. Um, but certainly it could affect two, three, four, whatever. Um, look, I'm not going to over, if the chiefs lose this game to one of the arguably top five teams in the league, I don't think it's a reason to hit the panic button unless it's another, you know, 27 to three debacle, like it was against Tennessee. Um, if they win, I mean, you know, it's all gravy. I think, you know, at that point, I, cause personally I went into, this what, type of, what type of gravy is it? Turkey gravy? Um, is it a uh, country gravy? Yeah, no, it's it's uh, like Brown you gravy? know sausage sausage gravy to go on some biscuits in the morning. Yeah, no, uh, that's, con- that's called country gravy, my dude. I call it sausage gravy. Um, All right, like because I grew up in Raytown, which is you know part of a metropolitan area, so I ain't making no country gravy in the city, son. <laughs> okay, well, whatever. <laughs> You got me all jacked up on food, Todd. Also, d- d- when this I make roller coaster, it, I ain't... you keep taking me on from, okay, from no, unemployment. Okay. To Before we talk about crazy. Cowboys Chiefs, <laughs> it's an important question. Like, do you prefer your country gravy with sausage chunks in it or not? Yeah, of course. It makes it it makes okay. it saltier, bro. All right, we all right. Then the podcast can continue. <laughs> well, who's gonna say there, no to that? There was a correct answer, and had you answered incorrectly, I would have abruptly ended things. I didn't. I didn't know that there was going to be an incorrect answer to this. I'm just gonna uh, uh, upturn the whole apple cart. <laughs> um, but look, I mean, coming into this stretch. And obviously the Packers didn't have Aaron Rodgers, but with the Packers, Raiders, and, and Cowboys to close out the the stretch for the bye, there was a time I honestly think the Chiefs would be lucky to go one and two in that stretch. Um, and, and now they have a chance to to sweep it um, and and be sitting really really pretty um, with a, a, a you know an AFC West pack schedule uh, coming out of the bye and a little rest under their belt, hopefully a little more health. Whether that's Travis Kelsey, whether that's Tyreek Hill, whether that's Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, you know, so I mean, what what's your assessment of how how important this game really is for, in the grand scheme for the Chiefs? I mean, from a playoff perspective, it it may not matter a ton in seeding per se, 
Um, but in the grand scheme of it, the Chiefs' losses have all been at the hands of teams that are perceived to potentially be making the playoffs. And the Cowboys are one of those teams that should be able to make the playoffs unless they have a whole bunch of injuries and an epic collapse that <laughs> hasn't started yet. But I, this is kind of one of those the, the barometer sticks for the 2021 Chiefs to kind of show that they are who we who people expected them to be. So this is kind of a, I mean, the reality of it is with the Dallas Cowboys, they kind of have from a personnel perspective at receiver or running back, they have what the chiefs are probably striving to be long-term. Like they, they have, I mean, from their one through five receiver wise, they've got really good receiver core that's correctly assigned based on skill set and, you know, and, and, and depth chart. And they have a running a one, two combo running back wise that there isn't a significant drop off and they have different skill sets for different styles of running. Like, I think whenever people watch the Cowboys, they're going to see what the chiefs offense needs to become from a personnel perspective after this year to maintain their dominance of what people expect from a chief's offense, it, no matter what happens injury wise or some of the other issues that have transpired. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's a big game for the chiefs to kind of show that they, they still belong up there in that upper echelon talk. Yeah. You mentioned the, the one through five <clears throat> receivers and, and it, it, it made me think of like a pitching rotation, right? Cause right. there's been a lot of years where if you think about the Royals, there's been a lot of years where, you know, I mean, they had, they had Zach Greinke or, or other guys who were, uh, you know, in the Cy Young race or, or were at the top of their game. So you kind of had a one to go against somebody else, but then you had like a three, you know, a four and two fives or maybe two fours and a five. So you were at a deficit every time um, because you just didn't have like a traditional one, two, three, or, or a couple of those guys at the top of the rotation. Same thing with the chiefs. You've got Tyreek Hill, but, but nothing beyond that. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, Josh Gordon has yet to have an impact with the offense. And then everybody beyond that is at best, probably a four number four receiver in that wide receiving core. Meanwhile, you've got guys like Amari Cooper and CD lamb, um, you know, and, and Michael Gallup when he's healthy, who are all, you know, you know, top end type talents, you know, guys who are capable of making plays. I mean, that, that's a pretty good one, two, three, if that's what you're looking at. Um, so uh, might as well, since you've already talked about the running backs, get the Clyde Edwards Alaire question out of the way. Um, I still think on balance, is he, he's still the best running back on the chiefs roster. I mean, are the chiefs better if he's in the lineup? It, it helps give a little bit of versatility and running style, but in terms of impact, unless he's faster than what he was before his injury, there's not, there's not going to be a, a noticeable drop off from Williams to Gore in that regard. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the most part for the most part with Clyde, you just, the running back position collectively, they're just not dynamic enough. Even when Clyde is, is back there, they just don't have the dynamic running ability. And you see it jump out. If you go look back at old Jamal Charles videos, or you watch the Cowboys running game with Elliot and Pollard, what they could do behind this current chiefs offensive line would amaze you. 
but the, you know, it's just like just that running back spot. Williams is a power running back, but he can't run the stretch effectively. He, he just doesn't have that. That's the angle of that type of speed. Um, <clears throat> Gore is more of a between the tackles runner, one cut and go type of guy. And when you stretch him out some, that slows him down as well. Um, then with Clyde, Clyde's probably the closest to being able to do that but he just lacks that burst when he hits the hole to turn that into a significant gain. So part of the problem that they had earlier in the year was when defenses were giving him that the run game, when they did use it just wasn't dynamic enough. So if they had like a Kareem Hunter, Jamal Charles or Ezekiel Elliott or Tony Pollard back there, they could have had tons of explosive plays in the running game early on in the season. They just don't have that at running back. And I know people can say, well, you haven't talked about Jared McKinnon. Look, I mean, the reality is with Jerry McKinnon, they're going to use him some in pass. They're going to, you know, occasionally maybe use him in a screen, but he just, he doesn't break a lot of tackles and his best, his best skill set is that he can help them in pass protection. But in terms of being a runner between the tackles, he's not there. In terms of stretching it out, they haven't really utilized him. And I think a reason they haven't is because he just doesn't have a, a lot of power to his game. So I just, I don't see a running back back there right now that can really, give them the dynamic burst that could take the chiefs offense to just a whole different level. I will say though, I'd like to see them get Clyde Edwards Hilaire involved in the passing game more. Um, I mean, Daryl Williams had more catches last week alone at the Raiders than Clyde Edwards Hilaire has had all year. Edwards Hilaire's had eight catches for 61 yards this season. Uh, you know, Williams had nine catches last week. I would love to see them, uh, you know, get him more in space. Cause I, I think you and I agree, at least certainly in college, um, that was his skill set out in space mm-hmm. with the ball in his hands, you know, one-on-one against defenders. And he, he, he hasn't had many opportunities like that. So I do think that he could add a dynamic element in that regard, but, uh, and, and look, whether he comes back this week or not, um, I don't think it is going to determine whether they beat the Cowboys though, at the end of the day. No, no, it it is not going to be the difference maker in that regard. So that's why, I mean, I know people keep asking about it because it's something new and fresh to ask about, but it's just, it's not going to move the needle a great deal. What did move the needle though, from this past game is just how much Patrick Mahomes is willing to stay in the pocket. Even when times we would have, he would have drifted out of there. He would have taken off or is it, and he didn't do that against the Raiders and they, they did a really good job of running a hurry up style mentality and tempo with get the ball out quick, one, two, three reads throw. Um, and then also kind of using Kelsey on tight end delay is to give him some ability to work underneath against those zone coverages. So, I mean, the chiefs had a really good game plan against them and there's a lot of stuff, what they did against the Raiders, they can implement against the Cowboys too. There's a ton of opportunities for the chiefs to really exploit the Cowboys defense and to be able to kind of get after their offense a little bit. There's there's a ton of opportunities that the Chiefs are willing to stay focused and execute. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't see this as a mismatch. Um, no. For, for the Chiefs. I mean, and look, the, that's the way the NFL wants it. They want a lot of parity. Um, but I don't think that – I mean, I, I think that this could be the kind of game we were expecting to see most of the season where it's high scoring, both offenses, um, you know – have the better run of play when they're on the field against the opposing defense. I mean, look, there, I think there are big plays to be had against this Cowboys uh, defense. Um, Yeah. I'll be interested to see 
Um, whether they use the blitz very often, um, that's historically not been very effective against Patrick Mahomes, and most teams don't blitz Patrick Mahomes. But uh, we'll see whether the Cowboys want to roll the dice a little bit. Um, and, and I think that that gives them a chance to unlock things. But, yeah, I mean, I think the Raiders game, it had a little bit of an old school feel with the, the running back passing game being in there, you know, with some crossing routes and, and some stuff like that, that, that kind of got things open, um, you know, on those intermediate levels or, or, or got guys out in space one-on-one, um, you know I mean? And, and, and you mentioned the timing, look, Patrick Mahomes has had less time in the pocket this year. Um, and we we've, we've talked about some of the issues they've had with the tackles, but I thought Andrew Wiley had a really good game. Um, you know, I mean, I know you and I were worried about how he'd play. Um, and, and I thought that he exceeded expectation. I'm not saying he's a pro bowl caliber guy, but, um, did, did you see anything from Andrew Wiley that made you feel a little bit more comfortable? Or are you still pretty concerned with him going forward? Um, watching the coaches film, the thing that really saved him was <clears throat> one, how quickly Pat got the ball out. Patrick Mahomes getting the ball out so quick helped him and Orlando Brown a great deal because there was times where Nassib and, and Daku and Crosby were eating their lunches on both sides. They were spin moves, speed rushes, wide nines, what they were doing to them. They, Chiefs tackles were really struggling there at times. So <clears throat> Chiefs did a really good job getting the ball out quick, having a check down available for it, and then also uh, adding some chips to it. Because on uh, Williams' touchdown, he actually knocked, uh, I believe it's Crosby, but he hit the defensive end. Actually, it may not have been Crosby, it may have been 99. Um, but he hit the defensive end, knocked him in the next week, then <laughs> took off on his pattern, and then ran out and up, and then just ran to the front pylon, and Mahomes threw it to him. There's not many times you see a guy catch a touchdown that chipped the defensive end <laughs> and, and scores like that. And I just, that's very underrated. That's the part that people don't talk about and don't pay attention to enough is like, Williams like laid a laid a defensive end out on his way on a route for a touchdown. <laughs> like that's you know that's like you and me at our job doing extra work. Sometimes you know we just do it. This is how we roll. Okay, um, but it you know it, with Wiley he just he really struggled with with that spin move and he struggled with bull rushes and uh, the saving grace for the Chiefs is Randy Gregory is not playing because he would he would cause the chiefs a lot of problems in pass rush having him and Parsons on both sides, Micah Parsons, a linebacker that he also uses an edge rusher. <clears throat> those two together would have caused a lot of massive problems for the chiefs that I would be genuinely concerned about their offense this week, but not having Gregory was huge. And then obviously with Lawrence have been hurt most of the season. I mean, that's, that's been a huge part of their pass rush. that has been gone as well. Um, so the, the guy that they really have to worry about on the defense that isn't one of the pass rushers, is actually digs like i mean that's that's the guy that can change the game against them right now yeah i mean obviously digs has had a lot of interceptions i i think he's a guy though you know he takes some chances uh right so there may be some opportunities to use some double moves on him so yeah i was about uh, to say uh, let's just let's just call it what it is i mean i'm you know we can say hey it's a Guy, take some chances no he's an overly aggressive corner that all you have to do is double move him give him a stutter step with Tyreek, Tyreek Hill and McCall Hardman will eat that cat's lunch. I mean, just how aggressive he is, just double moving like that. And I mean, basically Diggs is a is so much like Marcus Peters as a corner. Right, really say. instinctive, sees the ball well, attacks it well, 
But Marcus's problem was coming out of uh, college when he was a rookie, he had a hop and a step that he would do initially, and it would lead to wasted motion, and then he'd be in recovery if he was up near the line of scrimmage. But when he was in zone and dropped back and was able to read things, he could drive on the football and felt a lot more comfortable. That's why I've always felt like Marcus Peters could be an all-pro safety just like Charles Woodson, just because of the way he reads the field and how smart of an, a football player is and the IQ that he has. And Diggs is going to be that someday if he wants to. But, yeah, no, I mean, there's – don't worry. The Patriots used double moves against them. And so uh, so did some other teams. The Panthers did as well. And there's a couple other teams that did. And I, it was funny because, like, I, he drove on the football and intercepted it in the Patriots game. And I'm like, man, well, how aggressive he was there. If you hit him with the double move, you got him. And the next series, that's exactly what Josh McDaniels and Belichick did is they're like double move. And that was like an 84 yard touchdown. So it, yeah, it's there for the taking. Yeah. And, and look, Mahomes is a master of manipulating guys with his eyes. So I think they're going to have some, some opportunities. I, I think he's going to light up if, you know, especially if they've got a check to a double move and he sees digs and Hill one-on-one. They've got some plays designed just to get digs on a double move and isolated. Right. And that's what I'm saying. I, I, I think Mahomes is going to light up. And again, though, it's going to come down to, we've seen it earlier this year. They've had those plays in, they've had those opportunities all season long. They haven't connected on them. If they can do that, then the chiefs could be scoring another 40 points. Um, you know, because they're going to have those opportunities for those big plays. I do want to ask, I think it's fairly clear that the Raiders game is the best win of the season, right? Uh, most complete win. They put up 40. They, they pretty much dominate on both sides of the ball. What would you say the second best win of the season is for the chiefs though? I mean, you've got the Washington game where again, they were in control, but it's an inferior opponent or Cleveland where they really had one big play and then one decent hat, you know, uh, really one decent quarter and we're able to pull it out. But I mean, outside of the Raiders game, it's hard to pinpoint like a great win on that schedule for the chiefs. Yeah, no, I mean that <clears throat> the Raiders is our most complete. I mean, Browns are able to make some plays and then Packers they had really strong defense and special teams performances. So yeah, I mean, at, at this point, the Raiders is probably their closest game of all three phases working well together. And I think to me, like we talked about off the top that, that this game, ultimately it's not a conference game and the chiefs conference record so bad. They're not going to win any tiebreakers with it anyway. So in a lot of respects, I don't, again, I don't think it has a big impact because I think that these are going to be division champions when it's all said and done and they're going to be in the playoffs. But I think this is a game that if you're looking for what you want to see from the chiefs is they're coming off their best game of the season. They're coming off their most complete game of the season. Was it a mirage or, or can they do it again against another good team? And I think that's what this game can serve. Like if the chiefs can come out and put together, maybe not necessarily 41, 14, but you know, 41, 28 or something like that against the Cowboys. I think that you going into the break after those two wins being at seven and four, you know, and having that week off around Thanksgiving, I, I think the conversation will be, are the chiefs, the team to beat in the AFC again? Well, I mean, if you watch what the national media did this week, boy, as soon as they saw life from the chiefs again, that's, that's all they could talk about. They're like, are they back? They're back. They're back. They did really well. And, and so it just, you know, it, it's just funny. They, they buried the chiefs weeks ago. So they were done and over with, but now they're, they're back. I mean, 
Look, I mean, they've had two bad games, in my opinion, two really bad games, the Titans and the Bills. They, they, they weren't very good. You know, they could easily, easily be eight and two right now with those Chargers and Raiders games, though. And then nobody would have ever been, there never would have been a conversation about are the Chiefs back? Right. Would have been, can, can anybody dethrone them? You know? Right. No, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, that's, you know, just goes to show the difference a couple uh, turnovers can make in a season, uh, especially, and the problem is the Chiefs are just, uh, their own success has cost them so much simply because people have this certain expectation of who the Chiefs are supposed to be at all times that they need to live up to that it can get, you know, it can get tiring. It could probably get exhausting. And I mean, you know, people deal with it in certain times of their lives where they're the person that has to be relied upon at all times to kind of write that storm. And so for the Chiefs, I could see that being a little exhausting at times. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. But, I mean, I just, I don't know. I see a Chiefs football team that if they can have more games like the Raiders uh, in terms of all three phases, I, I think they've really got – a, a good chance to be able to make the noise that people expected all along. Who is, uh, I think I know the answer on defense. Like if I had to pick one player on defense that, I, that I I'm, I'm most worried about, it's probably Micah Parsons um, yeah. on offense though. Who, who is, who is the, the player that you feel like the chiefs need to pay the most attention to. And, and it's kind of the barometer for for how how the defense is performing do they need to keep elliot in check is it cooper lamb i mean i mean is there one guy you're looking at and saying if they can do a good job on him this is their best chance the best best path to victory all right todd i'm gonna who do you think i'm going to pick i want to see that first before we give it away and i promise i'm not gonna change it i promise that i mean I, i i think it's elliot i think I think you need to, that is not who I was going to put. I mean, I, I think you need to control the run game and make them one dimensional and um, you know, and, and gives yourself, give yourself a chance. If I had to pick anybody else though, uh, with lamb nicked up a little bit, I would probably say Cooper. I I think CD lamb's the most important guy that you got to keep in check. Like, I mean, from an explosiveness perspective, athletic ability, that dude changes games in one route. I mean, he's the closest thing to Tyreek in terms of, somebody you need to be scared of at all times on, on an offense. Like, I mean, that's, that's just, and and in all honesty, that's what Amari Cooper used to be, but Amari's starting to slow down now. And you can really see it when you compare him to, to CD lamb. Like, and you can see that with Elliot too, whenever it's him versus Pollard, like, but that's, that's what, that's one of the admirable things the Cowboys have done is they have replacements behind those guys already that are playing with them to take over that mantle long-term, which is something that chiefs are going to have to think about after this year with Kelsey and Hill. That doesn't mean they go away. It just means as, as players start to steadily decline through injury and over time, their replacements are already ready for stardom when that time arrives that they need to be. Cause that's part of the problem the chiefs have had this year with Hill having the, uh, the quad and the ankle and Kelsey having the next stuff there, there hasn't been another person that can step up to that mantle and be in that spot form, whether it's another position or whatever. And so that's, that's been part of the problem with that offense to where those guys can't, those guys still have to be on point as much as they, as they can be, even though pretty much the whole team is probably going through, aches and pains. I mean, you know, I'm not an, I'm not on an injury report, but after every Friday night, whenever I shoot high school football, my back, it hurts. <laughs> it hurts for two days. And I gotta, I gotta put a heat pack on that thing, but I'm not, you know, I'm not 
still working through it. I know that's not the same as football, but you know, that's kind of my point is like, you know, you're, you're not at a hundred percent at all times. Well, I know you're always sore on Fridays and Mondays after carrying this podcast too. Oh, Todd, I would never, ever say that. The camera, <laughs> trust me, the camera weighs more than you. <laughs> um, all right. Is this the, you know, we talked about like, like I, I do think that the Chiefs ability to stop the run and, and get in better situations on third down so their pass rush can be more effective has been uh, kind of key to the defense turning things around here lately, which is why I say I, I still think keeping Elliott in check and and much like last week, Elliott has been a factor in the passing game in the past. I think that's a vulnerability for the Chiefs. Um, if they get him involved in the passing game and force the Chiefs to, you know, respect that the flats, I think that opens up more space. Like you said, for CeeDee Lamb, uh, for Amari Cooper, and I think that's problematic. So I do think uh taking some steam out of Elliott early would would be would benefit the Chiefs greatly. Um is this the best offense the Chiefs have seen? Um, is this maybe the best offense in the NFL? I mean, they lead the NFL in total yards and points per game. So at least by those metrics, they are. And that includes, you know, a game where Cooper rush started, uh, with Dak Prescott out, but, um, are they the best and, and, or, or at the very least the best, the chiefs have seen this year. I'm going to look here real quick and I will determine right now, whenever I go through the list here real quick, um, <clears throat> Yeah, I'd say the cow Cowboys are definitely the if, if I had to pick just on the eye test alone, Cowboys would be number one. Packers are number two in terms of ability w- with an Aaron Rodgers. Without Aaron Rodgers, it's a whole different ballgame. <laughs> right. But with an Aaron Rodgers, like yeah, the Cowboys Packers are are vying for that number one, number two spot. Um number three at this point is a it's kind of a toss-up between the Chiefs and the Titans. I'd say those are those are your top four offenses when they're hitting on all cylinders those those are your top four and then i'd say the bills round out that top five i know people are gonna be like well why don't you have the ravens in there dude the ravens are i'm telling you the ravens are a couple losses away from the wheels falling off like i mean that's just kind of where they are in in terms of in terms of the collectiveness of of their offense especially a receiver i think the buccaneers um are are pretty good too yeah yeah, no Um, that's true they would easily be in the top top five or six yeah i would actually I would put the Bucks over the Bills, and I'd put the Bills at six. Yeah, I was gonna say I think the Bucks are up there. Uh, the Cardinals, when Kyler Murray's playing at the top of his game, are, are are formidable too. You know, the Rams have been a little bit puzzling, and losing Robert Woods is a big blow to them. That's a massive. Uh, that's a massive loss for them. So, uh, but but look, I mean, this will be this will be a good challenge for the defense. We'll find out whether. The Steve Spagnolo midseason magic is for real or not this week, I think. Oh, yeah, no, you're definitely gonna get an answer on that one. I I mean, <clears throat> look, I mean, the there there's some ways you can attack that Cowboys offensive line. I mean, I know people say, hey, this Cowboys offensive line's good. Yeah, they're still top ten, but man, they aren't number one like they used to be a handful of years ago. It was about three, probably three years ago, dude. They they were beasts still. They were really, really good offensive line and They've been overtaken by a handful of teams to where they're not they're not in the top five anymore. They're close to it, but they're they're not in the top five anymore. And the Chiefs are probably a tackle or two away from easily being in the top three of offensive lines in the NFL. Yeah, no, I think they're in pretty good shape. Uh, by the way, this is I know I know how much you love numbers. Um, this is this already tuned out. <laughs> 
The Cowboys and Chiefs come into the game each averaging. The Cowboys average 434 yards a game. The Chiefs a little over 405. So they average almost 840 yards a game combined. It's the sixth highest per game average um, for any two teams in week 11 or later um, since 1950. So this this projects as uh, a crazy offensive game. And, and if you're wondering, the highest ever average was were the Chiefs and the Rams in that 2018 game that ended up 54-51. So this could be... A real fun game. Just have to hope the Chiefs come out on 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 the other side of that one this time around. Yeah, that's the only thing I care about is if the Chiefs can come out with that win. <clears throat> boy, they really put themselves on a great spot. Not only headed into that bye week, but for the final five six games of the season, like they they really put themselves in an awesome position. All right, um, got a prediction for it? No, I don't do predictions, Tom. Okay. All right, so seventy-seven nothing. Like I said, I don't do predictions, man. Everybody I'm always wants gonna, a prediction. They always want to score a prediction. You didn't. You didn't say no. I don't know. 77. I don't know what team's going to show up, Todd. I really don't. Would I love to see that type of game? Yeah, that would ease a lot of my stress <laughs> that I have going in anxiety headed into games. But that's not where I'm at right now. Look, I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to them stopping Parsons from causing them problems, not throwing interceptions to digs, and then them being able to keep C.D. Lamb in check and kind of keep that run game at a certain level. I mean, Cooper's, like I said, he's not as explosive as he used to be, and they'll have to keep Gallup in check. The Cowboys really don't have a star tight end. That's honestly the one thing that's kind of keeping them from being just this this insane offense overall. If they had that, then I, I think they'd be at a whole different level, but luckily they don't. So the Chiefs don't have to worry about it this week. All right. Last thing I got, uh, do you prefer a game where Mahomes throws like five or six touchdowns and, you know, or do you prefer a game like October 24th, 2004, where two Chiefs running backs scored four touchdowns and they had an NFL record eight rushing touchdowns? Look, that Atlanta Falcons game was pretty fantastic, but at the end of the day, whatever whatever gets the Chiefs of wins, all I care about. All right, so now it's trivia time. No, man. like And right, that that is... That is the the uh, the code word for today is trivia time, Nick. So Priest Holmes had four of the touchdowns in that game. Yeah. Who had the other four? Oh, that was Derek Blaylock. <laughs> like, why? You really, you really trying to come at the king? You come at the king? You best not miss, son. I just wanted to check because I, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that was clearly Derek Blaylock's, you know, like, the the high point of his NFL career. Yeah, dude, though, it so. was. Everybody thought he was great after that. <laughs> you know? Turned out uh, it was just the Falcons were not good. Um, all right. Well, hey, I got nothing else. Um, I think it's going to be a fun game. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll be out there Sunday um, and, yeah. and I'll have some, some, you know, hopefully fancy things to say about the game afterwards. Sure hope so. All right. That's all uh, I got. I got to get back to editing. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, with that, take care, kids. Bye-bye. <laughs>